0: Welcome to St. Paul's Lutheran Church in Saratoga Springs, New York, where we are gathered by God to share the love of Jesus. Hallelujah! Christ is still risen. On this third Sunday of Easter, we take a look at how God restores us and guides us to follow his will. Here is this week's message from Pastor Adam LeGant. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Please be seated. Wouldn't it be wonderful if right in this very moment, we got to see what John saw in Revelation 5, that we would open our eyes and we would see the four living creatures and the 24 elders, and we would hear with our ears that great song about blessing and honor and glory and might be God and the Lamb forever and ever, amen, and see these wonderful, mystical, spiritual creatures bowing before Christ, the lamb on the throne and hearing the song of how worthy he is to take that scroll that reveals what the will of God is for his people and open up that scroll. Wouldn't it be wonderful if right now we were just open our eyes and see that and know that all of the sadness, all of the sickness, all of the sin that we experience in this world, we're done with. Would that be good? If it is, say yes. yes. All right. If you were Baptist, I'd say, can you say amen? that works too. All right. It's a good thing. It's a really good thing that Christ has in store for us. We have had little itty bitty foretastes of this in our lives. God plants them just at the right moment in order to speed us along our way. We celebrated Easter after a long and grueling Lent. And in that long and grueling Lent, we dwelled on the weight of our sins and the cost of forgiving us. And then on Easter, we took off all the shackles that were there and we shouted, "Hallelujah, Christ is risen. And you said back, He is risen indeed. Hallelujah." This is, this is a mountaintop kind of moment. It's a reminder that our lives are caught up with Christ in God. But it's not just here in church. Although sometimes when you're singing a hymn, I see your faces go supernova. And I know exactly what the Holy Spirit is doing in you at that point in time. But it happens in our families. When we have a baptism and we feel the presence of God, we know that he's there. We understand that he's keeping his promise. That's a, another good moment, a foretaste of the feast to come. And maybe, maybe for you it also happens when you come to the table of the Lord because it's just a foretaste of that feast to come that we get here and we know that God is keeping his promise that he's going to be with us forever even to the very end of the age. And here he invites us to take and eat that body and take and drink that blood so that we know that he's with us. But it's, it's not just here in church, it's also out within our lives. There are moments where you're driving along and you see a sunset that is just drop dead gorgeous and you have to stop for a moment and say, thank you, Lord. Or you hear music that makes your heart soar within you And you know that there is praise of God who made music happening within that music. These things speed us along our way and remind us with little bitty glimpses of the permanent future that we're heading towards. And God gives them to us now because right now we're in the time in between. We're in a time where that is not our daily bread. We're in a time where there are wars and rumors of wars. That we're in a time where people get sick with cancer and die. We're in a time where pandemics rise and fall. We're in a time where our culture is in clash with one another. Families are in clash with one another. Where trust is eroded. We're in a time where the world is very much with us late and soon. Where the concerns of how are we going to live our day-by-day life are with us like poo on our shoes. You just can't get rid of it. This is why God gives us moments where we know that it's going to be better. Where it's going to be right. Where God is not only in his heaven and all is right with the world, but we'll be with him in his heaven and all will be right with the world. A new creation is coming. Just like we just sang in that song, Is He Worthy? Is Is a new creation coming? And you answered, it is. It is. It is. This is the promise that Christ has given to his church that Jim read so deliberately and carefully to make sure that every word came through to our ears. This is God coming to us in this way. But in these times in between, the troughs can get really deep. I can't imagine being Peter and there, that picture that's in front of you, that top little half of it, the time in between, Peter, the time in between when the promise of Jesus that he would deny Christ, three times before the rooster crowed and the day today that we heard the story of his restoration. Could you imagine the weight with which Peter lived in that moment? Maybe you can, because that's what our sins do to us. It pushes us away from God, and that becomes a moment where our old enemy, the devil, tries to wedge us further and further away from him. To make us doubt that God actually loves us. Peter got that question asked of him three times. Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yeah, you know, I do. Three times. And it says in scripture that Peter was grieved because he asked him the third time, do you love me? Sometimes God lets us live with this time in between, the difficulties, the struggles, the guilt, for a little while in order to make his restoration that much sweeter and to help us understand the weight it was on him as well as the danger it is to us to continue in that way. Peter got to see Jesus twice before he said anything to him. On Easter night, Jesus was there, but he didn't talk to Peter. A week later, Thomas had a special audience with Jesus, but not Peter. But today, after Peter had finally said, You know what? I'm going fishing. This is it. I'm done with this. And he and his disciple friends went out on the Sea of Galilee, and how much did they catch? I'm pretty sure Jesus skunked them that night. You know why? Because Jesus had not only chosen Paul at his, as his instrument to bring the gospel. He'd also chosen and was about to send his disciples to go and do it. He didn't want them to go catch fish and feel good about the way that it had happened. He needed to bring them to that spot where he said, this is what happened, and here's how I'm going to fix it. So that time in between, Jesus used to sharpen Peter's focus to call out all of the other options, and finally to give him the direction. Peter, follow me. Same thing with Saul. He was on his way to Damascus, you might recall, in order to round up people like you and me, to bring us in ropes and chains to the high priest in Jerusalem so that what happened to Jesus might also at some point in time happen to us. He was on his way to gather up Christians who followed the way. And Jesus intervened in that moment. And he said, why are you persecuting me? He didn't have a good answer. (laughs) But he did ask the right question. Who are you? I'm Jesus, whom you're persecuting. We come across circumstances that are troughs in our lives. It's easy for us to identify Jesus at the top of the peaks, This must be from God. But I want to let you know he doesn't abandon you in the trough. As much as Peter felt away from Jesus in the trough, Jesus was with him. As much as Saul felt away from Jesus when he was stricken blind and led by the hand into Damascus to live in a stranger's house until he's told what to do, Jesus was with him, and Jesus is with us in the trough as well, because he comes with us wherever we go, and where we, his people, are, that's where Jesus is. You know your troughs. I want you to think like Saul did in those moments when it is the worst for you deserted by friends, uncertain of the future, and ask, who are you, Lord? Jesus is there. I don't know that you'll hear a voice like Saul did, says, go into Damascus and find Straight Street and then go to the house of this guy, Judas. I don't know if you'll be like Ananias either, where God says, when you're on a peak, Hey, go and find somebody like Saul. I don't know how God will lead you, but he promises that he is with you and he will bless you. Those who call on my name, I will deliver them, says the Lord. Know that God is with you in the time in between. He's with you in between these peaks down in the deepest of the valleys. What do we say in the 23rd Psalm, which we'll sing next week when we get to the fourth Sunday of Easter, it's Good Shepherd Sunday. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, what? I will fear no evil. Why? For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff they comfort me. This is the truth that our Lord Jesus would bring to our hearts, our minds, our attention, and our lives when we are in the troughs. He's there with us. He's ready. He's going to listen and answer and lead us out until the day comes, my friends, when troughs are no more. God, bring that day soon. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please rise. Now may the peace of God that passes all of our human understanding keep your hearts and minds rejoicing in him, even through the troughs and the time in between, until the day comes that you praise him face to face. Amen listening to our podcast. For more information about St. Paul's Lutheran Church, please visit spalutheran.org. God's blessings to you. Go in peace and serve the Lord.